Welcome to the Debbie Big Board, part of the Rookie Big Board Network. I'm your host, Skip Newton, joined by my co-host, Matt Cooper. Matt, this is it, the final Debbie Big Board podcast of 2023. It it went by quickly, didn't it? It sure did, man. It's crazy. So, yeah, I'm going to be on a cruise next week for my 10-year anniversary. Looking forward to that. And then we'll have Christmas. So, I guess I'll be catching you guys in 2024. Exactly. So a couple weeks off, which, you know, it's always good to take time and sure. enjoy, enjoy that time with family, friends, whatever everyone does for the holidays. Not everybody gets to go on a cruise. So that is awesome. 10 year anniversary. Very Love that. But of course, people aren't here to hear about our holiday plans. They want to know about Debbie prospects. So today we're going to discuss bowl games and the Debbie players that we will be watching in said games. So very important coming up and the timing with the two weeks off is going to actually work out well because then our first podcast of 2024, we can review the games that have been played and talk about the players and and who stood out and who didn't and maybe have a little more news on any impacts of the transfer portal, we should have a better idea of, of some of the landing spots, but we won't get into that today. But of course, folks, it is draft season. Get ahead of your league mates with in-depth and consistently updated rookie rankings, supporting Dynasty and Debbie rankings, the 2024 Rookie Guide, and access to the RBB Discord, where you can get personalized trade, draft, and roster construction advice. The Rookie Big Board is a proven resource that was way ahead of everyone else on Justin Jefferson, identified Puka Nakua as the best sleeper prospect of 2023, and helped patrons get great fantasy football value on Justin Herbert, CeeDee Lamb, Chris Olave, Sam Laporta, and more. You can get access to the Rookie Big Board resources for as low as $5 a month, or save 15% with an annual subscription. That is cheaper than half an hour of service on my snowmobile, so I can get it tuned up and ready to sell. Just not... Not getting the usage I need out of those bad boys, so it's time to tune them up. But looking to looking to get rid of them, they mostly just sit in the backyard. So, well, I wouldn't know anything about that. We don't get any snow down here, so I, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever actually seen a snowmobile in person. I've seen them on like shows and movies, but they are fun. But you know, it, it just they are not my my main thing. And and we bought them from my in laws when they sold when they moved from from South Dakota down to Texas. So obviously they didn't need them down there, but you know, we've only used them a handful of times. So yep. Time to get rid of them. We don't even have any snow yet. So kind of a weird, weird late fall heading into winter. It's been unseasonably warm, <laughs> but before we get into the bowl game prospects that we want to talk about, we should mention the top quarterback prospect coming in 2024. So the, Next year's freshman class, five-star quarterback Dylan Rayola has decommitted from Georgia and is going to Nebraska. So apparently he's not a big fan of winning. And <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the pull is there, although I've heard he's he's got a family member he's on got family. staff. But so. for me, man, this is this is big news. Uh for I mean, when a guy's Five-star, number two overall player in his class, number one quarterback. This is a guy that you expect to be a Debbie asset. And for me, his stock is way down with this. I mean, for one thing, he's been at four different high schools, and now this is his third different college that he's been committed to before he's even stepped on campus because he was committed to Ohio State, 
and then Georgia and now Nebraska. So that is a maturity question mark for me uh, to not be able to keep your commitments, but then add on, I mean, Nebraska, come on. Like when have they ever produced an NFL quarterback? So if, if you're going to be a serious NFL prospect, I just don't get going to a school like this. Like you're not going to be on national TV. You're not going to be playing in front of a lot of scouts. You don't have a coaching staff that is uh, known for for producing NFL talent. You don't have any weapons around you that are going to make you look good. You're not going to be playing in meaningful games. So I don't understand this at all. It feels like he just doomed himself to the long way around because at some point he's going to transfer out of there if he wants to be relevant. So, yeah, I, I don't like it at all, if I'm being honest. Yeah, you you hit all the salient points there when it comes to like what would be important to me as a prospect. And if you've got you've got NFL aspirations, I would think the the mm-hmm. system that you're playing in would be number one, and number two would be the talent around you. And that just seems lacking at at Nebraska for such a high prospect. So right, he'll he'll probably transfer. After a year, so we'll be talking about him again. But yeah, very strange. Or who knows? Like you said, maybe he'll decommit and go somewhere else. If he had stayed at Georgia, he would have definitely sat behind Carson Beck next year, who I'm pretty sure is going to return. But I would have preferred that over starting for a Nebraska team. But I don't know. It's like, does he think he's not going to earn his way onto the field at Georgia? And if that's the case, like, are you really an NFL prospect if you can't earn your way onto the field in college? Like, you have to go to a school like Nebraska to get a starting job. I don't. It just doesn't make any sense to me. But we can move on. I, I just it blows my mind that he made this decision. Yeah, very strange. All right. Speaking of quarterbacks moving on, um, we've got some some guys moving on, like Caleb Williams, going to go to the NFL, sitting out at the bowl game for USC. So does this mean that Malachi Nelson maybe finally gets a chance or what do you think is going to happen at that USC game? Cause if he's playing, that makes that game extremely interesting for me. Yeah. That would make it a lot more interesting for me too. Uh, so Caleb Williams has officially said he's not playing in this game, although he has not officially declared for the draft yet, which is a little weird. But um, that being said, Miller Moss has been, listed as the backup to Caleb Williams all year long. And Malachi Nelson has been listed third string. So this is going to be really interesting to see if Malachi Nelson actually does play in this game. I think if I had to make a bet right now, I would say that he doesn't. Um, And so we just talked last week when we were talking about the portal, that they're trying to bring in a veteran quarterback and they've got, uh, they're, they're pursuing guys like Will Howard and Dylan Gabriel and some of these other type of guys. So there's a lot like Malachi Nelson, I, I read up on this. He's not planning to transfer out, even if they bring someone in, which I guess good for him that he wants to keep his commitment and stick it out and compete. Um, but I, I'm I'm definitely getting a little nervous about Malachi Nelson, especially if he doesn't play in this game. Yeah, same. Because otherwise, that'd be a great that'd be a great matchup. You know, a, a primetime game against Louisville. You know, a good team. That'd be that'd be fun to see. The next guy we've got. Ollie Gordon versus Texas A&M. You know, tell me about this one. What what interests you about Gordon? He's just he's had an incredible season um, from a productivity standpoint. 
and I have not watched a ton. I've seen highlights, but I've not like really dug in on him. But there's a lot to like there. I mean, he seems like a pretty explosive player. Uh, he's got receiving upside. He's been really involved as a pass catcher this year. And so, I don't know, you get a big matchup in a bowl game, and he's not 2024 eligible, so he's not one of these guys that's going to sit out. Like, he should play. So, gets a bowl game against a SEC team, even though Texas A&M is kind of in shambles right now. It's still a, a pretty solid, I mean – to say to say he has a big game against an SEC defense in a bowl game, I think would be a feather in his cap. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to sit down and watch the guy because I've heard a lot of good things and I've seen some highlights that got me really intrigued, but I haven't really sat down and and watched him a ton. So, yeah, r- running back at o- Oklahoma State and you know, 1600 yards, 20 touchdowns, 37 receptions for another 326 yards and a score. I mean, those. Those are big time stats for Gordon. So though tough to ignore there. And I love the, the pass catching as well. So yeah, I mean, this is a prospect that we'll probably be talking quite a bit more of between now, you know, and, and next season, yeah, uh, the next guy five eligible, I think. So I think so. I can do some research I mean, between while him and ETN and Damian uh, yeah. Martinez. It's shaping up to be a pretty solid running back class. I mean, obviously, it should be nice because it feels like we've been really poo pooing running backs <laughs> for pretty yeah. much the, the whole season. But yes, he is 2025 eligible. So, right, exactly. You've got quite a few, quite a few guys that could could step up, and we see that a lot, right? I mean, everyone's talking about Judkins and Singleton and Katron Allen and Trevor Etienne, but there's room for more. And so maybe, yeah, maybe that'll be a mm-hmm. a nice upswing in in class there for running backs. The next guy, uh, Casey Concepcion, Kansas State. We talked about him recently. Really love his film. Mm-hmm. What what more do you want to see from him as as a as a top freshman this season? I don't know that I necessarily need to see more, but I mean, obviously, if he shows up and has another big game against a ranked opponent in a bowl game on national TV, it's only going to help. I almost kind of hope that he doesn't because he'll keep flying under the radar. I think he's going to be super cheap in Debbie leagues this off season. And he's going to be a guy that I'm buying a lot, but yeah, I, I'm just excited to watch him in a big matchup. Um, and he's again, not a 2024 guy, so he's not going to sit out. So I'm, I'm scanning through these games like, all right, who's interesting to watch and really any interesting 2025 and 2026 guys. We're going to make this list and he certainly qualifies for that. So so yeah, Kevin Concepcion, NC State, and true freshman. So he's not even eligible till 2026. But like you said, he's probably available in every Debbie league. So 100% needs to be on people's radar. Another guy that is probably not available in most Debbie leagues, but still somebody that we have to talk about, uh, Tet McMillan going against Oklahoma. You know, Concepcion might be, could be the top, wide receiver in his class. I mean, we got a couple of years to determine that for McMillan sure. Millen could, could make a case for that as well between now and when he's eligible in 2025, we like McMillan. Of course we like bird and we like Stewart and we like Wells, but McMillan is, is very intriguing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just this season he had uh, over 1200 yards, 80 receptions for over 1200 yards with 10 touchdowns. That's monster year for, for him as a sophomore. And, and building on a true freshman campaign where he 
was a starter right away, saw 700 yards and eight touchdowns as a true freshman. So, yeah, he's a big name, big-time producer, uh, some really good traits, great size. I mean, he's somebody that I think we're going to be really excited about at this time next year. And he's a guy that people don't get to watch a whole lot because he plays for Arizona and they've not been ranked and they play super late at night if you're on the East Coast. And, and Oklahoma's a big matchup. Brent Venables always had really good defenses um, at Clemson and, and has so far at Oklahoma as well. And they've been, you know, a borderline top 10 team all year long. So it's a big matchup, big spot for Tet McMillan. And I'm excited to see what he can do on this stage. Yeah, 100%. The, the next one we had was a, a combo platter, but it's it's not going to end up being that way. We have DJ Uyunglele and Damian Martinez versus Notre Dame, but Damian Martinez has been suspended for the bowl game due to his mm. arrest for driving under the influence. So Yikes. Not yeah, what you want to see. He's not playing. Made a and bad DJU, decision. Will he play either? Because he's trans. He's in the portal. Yeah, so, right. Oh, if he's in the portal, then yeah, he's probably not. Well, there you go. So no so need maybe to we're not game. getting to watch either of these guys. Notre Dame, it would have been a big matchup for two Debbie assets that, you know, I would have been curious to see how they did in that game. But guess we might not see either one of them. That's disappointing for sure. Cause yeah, especially on the the national stage against, you know, a good team. I mean, that's that's always fun to kind of measure a, a prospect's progress and and where they're at. Yeah. Another another one we've got Penn State versus Ole Miss. And I think from a, a Penn State State Pam standpoint, we've got you know, not one but two running backs. We taught we we mentioned Allen, we mentioned Singleton, and then of course Drew Aller, the quarterback. So mm-hmm. a lot of of fun things to watch there offensively. I I really want to spend some time, and and we talked about this as we looked kind of towards the next few months of of podcasts and some ideas. I want to spend some time really breaking down these two running backs. You know, just mm-hmm. look at a lot of the film. And just you know, see for myself, like like you've suggested. Let's forget about where they were ranked and the hype coming into college, and just use the the couple of years that that they've been playing mm-hmm. in college to 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 see. Okay, what are we seeing on film right now? And does it does it match the the rankings? You know, by by twenty four seven and the other ranking sites, or do maybe we need to to reconsider you know where we had them at the time because I think a lot of people will will leave a guy up on that pedestal, a guy like Singleton, and mm-hmm. they never you know they never move him down if they're not seeing what they need to see. You know they kind of ignore it because they they want to believe that the guy's going to be really good, mm-hmm. and that that's not always the case. And the the name that keeps popping into my head as I'm describing this, and I'm not comparing Singleton to him, but this is one of those situations where like Zach Evans, that's the name I was thinking of too. It was at Ole Miss highly rated gets into the NFL and it's still early, right? I mean, he's just a rookie. We've seen this, especially with the running backs. We see it is possible for running backs to do pretty much nothing. And then all of a sudden they get a shot and, Oh wow! I think you're Look being at him generous, go. Honestly, I it, mean, because it is, but it, it does happen. I mean, and it, it literally happens on then, that team. I mean, Kyron Williams came out of college, and his his he was so far down rankings because he tested horribly, and all of a sudden now he's top five running back. Like I know, but at least like he was hurt for a lot of last year, and like the fact that when Kyron Williams was hurt, that 
they still didn't give Zach Evans a chance to get on the field. And they're like pulling Royce Freeman and, you know, just the ghosts of these ancient running backs <laughs> off the street. <laughs> the it's like, Sorry, that tells me everything that I need to know, honestly, about Zach Evans. Like you're more generous than I am. I, I think I've seen enough. I, yeah. I'm just saying I, I've seen enough where like these running backs come out of nowhere to have value. And so I, I'm really hesitant to just write a, a rookie off as a complete and total bust and, and say, all right, I'm done with them. Am mm-hmm. I going out and acquiring him actively? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. But, you know, I mean, look at Chase Brown. All of a sudden now in the last two weeks, wow, this guy has a pulse. He looks pretty good. Where's he been all season? Because it's not like Mixon is the Mixon of three years ago. I mean, he's he can look good at times, but, you know, he's he's getting up there in age. He doesn't always show the burst and – Chase Brown, it's like he gets the ball. And anyway, I'm 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 rambling we, on, on a I, rabbit trail here, but that's okay. I, <laughs> I think you know the funny thing when you said Penn State, a lot of fun things on offense. I kind of laughed a little bit because Penn State and fun offense is like the, the right. That was a really other, right? a like, really poor as, choice of words <laughs> for as many future NFL guys as we think are on that roster, or at least you know, are ranked as if they are probably future NFL guys. Uh, their offense is putrid. And against a, a highly ranked Ole Miss team that has a pretty strong defense, I think it's going to be ugly. Um, but I am excited to get – not excited. I'm. This would not be a game that I would be excited to watch. But as an analyst, I'm going to make myself sit down and watch Penn State versus Ole Miss to see if those guys – can do anything against this old miss defense how they look in that game on that stage and the these are three guys i mean i like katrin allen actually probably the most out of the three which feels weird to say because the other two have been such huge names but yeah i'm i'm borderline like i'm getting real nervous about um singleton and aller in particular and if they come out and lay another egg and that's the last taste we have going in our mouth going into next season. That's going to be pretty rough, to be honest. Yep. And who knows if we watch the film, maybe we'll we'll label them a a buy low candidate, or maybe we, we yeah, won't. We'll see. That's sure. so something to think about as we get into next year. We will be breaking down prospects in a in much more detail and really getting into those top prospects in the in the twenty five and twenty six classes. Of course, we'll talk about rookies as well because it's rookie season. One more guy really quick, uh, Carson Beck, quarterback, Georgia. I've been a little hesitant to get on the Carson Beck hype train. Do, do I need to, is this one of those guys I really need to start breaking down and, and forget about what I maybe had thought of him previously and, and consider him a legit NFL prospect? I think so. Um, everything that I've watched from him this year, I've been really impressed and, um, I'm already starting to hear a lot of buzz that with him, he's probably going to stay at school and he could be a top 2025 quarterback next year. Now it's a weak class. So top saying that he's, you know, in the conversation to be the number one 2025 guy is not the same saying he's in the conversation to be the number one 2024 guy. But I mean, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibilities that at this time next year, we could be talking about Carson Beck as a potential first round pick depending on, you know, how he continues to build on this season and 
you know, obviously this is a big game. FSU has a really good defense. They're this is a new year New Year's six game, highly ranked team, big matchup, lots of eyes on it. I think this is a good opportunity for Carson Beck to uh, show what he's been showing all season. And I think next year he's got a chance to really solidify himself as one of the better quarterbacks in his draft class. Excellent. Yeah. Looking forward to that one. You know, the Georgia number six, Florida state number five going on Saturday, December 30th. So the, that 30th and then Monday, the first are going to be huge days for college football during the Mm -hmm. bowl season. Of course, the, the playoffs as well. We'll discuss a couple more games in a minute, but I first want to make sure you know that the Rookie Big Board is now partnered with Underdog Fantasy Football. This is the best app for fantasy contests. They are running 2023 NFL playoff contests as well as daily contests for the NBA, NHL, and more. You can join the RBB crew on Underdog by using the promo code RBB. It will get you a 100% match on your first deposit and help us grow. All right, one of the the big games, you know, from a a Debbie standpoint, got to be you know, Luther Burden in Missouri against Ohio State. And first, you know, Luther Burden's always must-see TV. We we like watching him. Mm-hmm. I believe he's still your wide receiver one next year. Is he ahead of Evan Stewart yet? Where, where are we <laughs> yeah, at with that? Uh, I think he probably is just based on, I mean, even from a production standpoint. I know college stats don't translate to – direct one-to-one correlation with future NFL, but I don't know. You got a a guy that had a monster season like, like Luther Burden had compared to a guy that was a huge disappointment this year. And Evan Stewart, I think you have to say Burden has, has earned the right to be ahead of him. And, And then even Ted McMillan, I think is in that conversation. And so these are three guys that I'm probably going to take a deep dive on the tape this off season. And so I reserve the right to change my answer. Of course. Uh, But for right now, yeah, I think Burden would would be my wide receiver one, uh, not just in the 2025 class, but in Debbie. When the 2024 class gets out of here, I think he's the wide receiver one and darn near the Debbie 101. So this is a really big Debbie name. Excited to see him in a big matchup against Ohio State, who's got a good defense on a big stage with lots of eyes watching, like we've said many times on the show. I'm, And then... You know, on the other side, there's there's some intrigue as well. Um, I guess we don't really know yet how much intrigue. But before we move on from talking to Missouri, I do want to just shout out, this is more of a rookie name than a Debbie name at this point, but Cody Schrader, he's been killing it under the radar all season long. Uh, this running back class looks pretty bad, and so I think he could, you know, make a name for himself a little bit. And, you know, another big matchup, another big stage. I don't think he's the type of 2024 prospect that has kind of earned the luxury of sitting out of a bowl game. I think he needs to take this opportunity in a, in a big game to, to improve his draft stock. So I think he'll be out there and excited to see what he can do as well against this defense. So yeah, on the Missouri side, Cody Schrader running back and then Luther Burden at wide receiver, of course, on the Ohio state side, Speaking of 2024 eligible, now we don't know what's going to happen with Marvin Harrison Jr. We don't know what's going to happen with Mecca Egbuka. If they both turn pro and sit out the game, I would expect Harrison to do that. I would I would be surprised if he didn't. But if they both do that, that really opens up an opportunity for some of the young talent at Ohio State. 
I mean, I'm sure Fleming will play, but actually no. Sitting... So Fleming is in the portal. Oh, well, there He's you go. He's probably gone not too. going to play. Uh, How did Abuka, I miss that? <laughs> Abuka has already announced, unless I'm mistaken here, I'm pretty sure Abuka has announced now that he is playing. I think that happened yesterday. So Abuka is playing in this game and is looking like, I mean, he hasn't said whether he's coming back to school yet or not, but he had a really rough year. Now he's playing in the bowl game. He might come back to school. I don't, I don't know. Um, and Harrison is still undecided. Like he hasn't decided if he's going pro. He hasn't decided if he's playing in this game. Um, but I am kind of expecting that he probably won't, but he's, yeah, I see the headline that, now that Ibuka playing in the cotton bowl, but he's going to make his 2024 decision later. I, Anyway, hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> hopefully Harrison makes the right call, goes pro. Oh, 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 that's right. There's the NIL rumors out there that he might get like 20 million in NIL to stay. I don't really believe that, but right. <laughs> <laughs> he I actually, so I, I did look into this because uh, I Googled, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. Is he playing? Is he going pro? And I read an article that, or actually watched an interview where they asked Marvin Harrison Jr. directly and he said uh, he didn't know. And they were like, come on, like, are you just not telling us yet? And he, he said there's two main reasons why he would consider coming back. One, they have not beaten Michigan. And two, they have not won a Big Ten championship. And I was like, that's interesting that – I mean, all the common sense from a financial standpoint and future career would say go pro. Um, I mean, sh- the Debbie community all year long has been like, shut him down, like put him in bubble wrap. We don't even, we don't need to see anything more. You're locked in your top five draft pick. But he seems like a competitive guy and he seems like he feels like he has unfinished business. So I, I hope that he goes pro, but I'm starting to get at least a little nervous that he might not. Who's going to be throwing him the ball in that bowl game if he plays? It's a great question because you got McCord in the portal and they're hoping to bring in a transfer quarterback, but of course that wouldn't affect the bowl game. Probably Devin Brown, I guess. That'd be Um, nice. That, that would intrigue me. I would love to see that. Do they have, well, actually, no, I mean, (laughs) they had a freshman this year. Um, Keenholtz, I think is his name. And he played some. So I guess it's probably between Devin Brown and this freshman, Keenholz. I think it's Lincoln Keenholz. Keenholz. I don't even know how you say that. But um, Oh, I know. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Anyway, um, but we're kind of burying the lead here because I think the real question that we're interested in is, depending on what happens with Harrison and Abuka, are we going to see more Brandon Ennis? Are we going to see more Carnell Tate? Are we going to see more Noah Rogers? Maybe we, we don't really know at this point, but I'm excited about, I guess let's just talk about those guys and their Debbie prospects at this point, because I think three guys in very different places from a Debbie standpoint, where, where are you at with, with Tate Ennis and uh, Noah Rogers? You know, I, I had them all really highly ranked in the class, knowing full well that there was a good likelihood that we wouldn't see, much of any of them all season long. And that's pretty much what happened. Tate got the most of all of them. So I'm not, I'm not down on any of them. I'm not higher on any of them. I think 
it's just a matter of which ones, you know, get on the field. I keep thinking back to the, I think it was the Rose bowl game against Utah where Mm -hmm. Wilson and Olave had turned pro and it was the JSN coming out party where he had like 300 yards and then Harrison jr. Scored three touchdowns and it was just this massive game. It was like, Oh yeah. Those guys are, are really good. Right. And and I keep thinking back to I want that again. I want I want Harrison <laughs> yeah. to go pro. I want these other two guys to get an opportunity, and then you know for them to just completely ball out. That's that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for. So we'll see. I mean, it's probably a little bit high on the the wish list, but I I want to see them in a in in a big game against a good team, and I want to see them, you know, where I can really just focus on on that game and, and watch them. That That is one of the dangers to, you know, watching college football during the season is there's so many games going on at the same time. And a lot of mm-hmm. times I find myself, you know, trying to kind of watch all of them and I end up watching none of them because I <laughs> right. don't really catch it. So I love the bowl season for really, that's one of the best aspects for me is that, you know, you only get one game. And so you can really pay attention to, to what a prospect is doing. Yeah. So, um, I will say in this in this game, we've we've mentioned the year one zero thing before. Um, if you're new to the show, I'll kind of just very briefly. It's from Can- campus to Canton, and so they've done research, kind of developed these eight uh, thresholds, and they're very very low thresholds that you want to see a receiver hit in their first year as a freshman, and if they don't hit any of them even for for whatever reason, whether they're buried on a depth chart, whatever, like excuses, it does not matter. The hit rate for receivers that don't hit any of these eight thresholds as a freshman is very, very, very low that they ever become an NFL prospect. Um, and right now, as it stands, Carnell Tate has cleared a couple of those thresholds, and he's looking pretty good. And he's probably going to be on the field with Fleming missing the game at the very least. I think you're going to see – Tate on the field a decent chunk because I think he's established himself the most out of this group. He looks like the next best Ohio State wide receiver, and he's the guy that I have that still very, very highly in my Debbie rankings. Brandon Ennis was a five-star player. He only has one catch all season. It's one catch for 58 yards. So if he gets 42 more receiving yards in this bowl game, he would clear at least one year one zero threshold. Um, if he gets nine catches in this game, which I think is probably unlikely, he would clear a year one zero threshold. So, uh, but the only one he's really close on is he's got that 58 yards. So he needs 42 more. Um, so he really, he needs Marvin Harrison jr. To, to sit this game out. Honestly, he really does. And then Noah Rogers has not seen the field. He does not have a single catch. He has done nothing on special teams. So Noah Rogers is borderline dead to me as a Debbie asset already, especially with uh, Jeremiah Smith scheduled to come in next year as the, the number one wide receiver in this next freshman class is already committed to Ohio state. So unless he decommits, um, I mean, you're looking at your, there's a danger that these guys Ennis and Rogers are going to get recruited over and that Jeremiah Smith and Carnell Tate are going to be the guys next year. And they're going to continue to be buried, which is what we saw. I mean, Keon Grace last year was a guy that I think some people in the Debbie community were excited about. He was buried on the depth chart and then recruited over. 
uh, and now he's kind of not not a Debbie asset. And I think some of these guys are definitely headed that direction. So this bowl game will be pretty telling whether it's Tate and Ennis or whether it's just Tate that we should be excited about going into next season. Yeah, if you believe the depth chart, well, we'll end it with this. Devin Brown is listed now atop the depth chart. So I would expect him to start with Kyle McCord in the transfer portal. You know, it, Harrison Jr. is still listed because he hasn't officially made a decision. But Carnell Tate's listed behind him as the X receiver. So if what we expect to happen happens and Harrison Jr. doesn't play, then Carnell Tate should step in to the being the starting in the X, but in the, the Z you've got Jaden Ballard and the, the slot you've got Igbuka. Yeah. And, and Innes and Rogers are, are down listed as third string. So who knows, who knows how updated this depth chart is other than they're making some of the obvious moves by removing guys that are, that are definitely not playing. But anyway, that's, that is all we know at this time. I, I think, you know, to just wrap it up, you know, these, these are great opportunities for people to watch, watch Debbie prospects in these games. Like I said, because you don't have a whole lot of games happening simultaneously. So, you know, go, go check it out and, and really see, you know, see a player in a position where they, they have to play their best because it's, it's a big matchup. So final thoughts going into the end of the year, the the holidays, the, the bowl season. Yeah, I'm just, Excited to have, I mean, we're kind of in a lull right now, right? Like the regular season has ended. Um, conference championships are done with. We got a little while before the playoff starts and the bowl games are just kind of feel like that filler in between. Like they're kind of meaningless games, but fun to watch some Debbie players. So yeah, excited to have more college football back on my TV in the near future. And uh also really excited to dig in for rookie season. I mean, this is the time of the year where I, I really start to grind the tape on the 2024 draft class. So yeah. Um, look forward to seeing you guys in 2024. Thanks for listening. Yeah. I want to want to say that as well. Thank you so much for listening. We are really thankful for each and every one of mm -hmm. you. It's, it's awesome to, to hear, you know, in the discord that, that someone's listening and, I, I say this a few times and I'll, I'll say it again. If you ever have anything that you want us to cover, you know, reach out on the discord, reach out on Twitter. And, and we'd love to, to add it to our, our podcast in a, in a future episode. So we will, we'll get to that if we can, if any of you are traveling for the holidays, please have safe travels, have a great time with whoever you celebrate with and a very happy new year. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you've not already do us a favor and leave a five-star review on whichever podcast app you are using. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss any of the RBB action. For Matt, I am Skip. Happy holidays, everyone. Take care.